2: you are about to hear a preview of Partially Examined Life supporter-exclusive content. To learn how to get the whole thing, check out PartiallyExaminedLife.com slash support. Hey, this is your Partially Examined Life nightcap. We're recording this on December 11th, 2022. It has been a, I don't know, hectic week. I don't know. I'm on the tail end of COVID. Seth's family is just starting it, apparently, which is why he's not here now, though he is not yet sick.
1: And I just had the flu. But you're fine, Um, Dylan. Tis the the season
2: (laughs) to be diseased. (laughs) I know we wanted to start off today. We had done our listener audio feedback last time, and we had one listener say, hey, where's, you didn't post mine. And so play it, Dylan. It's by Dennis. Hi,
0: I'm Denny Helmuth from Worcester, Ohio. I've listened to all 300 PEL episodes, including the slowed-down recording of The 12 Days of Christmas, an experience which ranks among my worst, but maybe it enriched my character in some invisible way. My dad used to listen to TV preachers, not because he was religious, but because the rhythm of their speech resonated with good childhood memories. My listening to PEL is similar. Often I do not know what you're talking about, but... I enjoy the rhythm of intelligent discussion. I am in two discussion groups myself, a movie club and a psychiatry journal club. Same idea. We watch or read something together, then have a stimulating discussion about it. I love your podcast. Bring back the three rules and the closing music. Congratulations on 300.
2: All right. Very nice. <laughs> I'm not sure what to think How of How did that the, not uh, make it into the- I just lost track of it. There was not an editorial decision. I just didn't notice it, I guess, when I was collecting- when it came down to the day. Thanks Dennis. Yeah. What do you think of that whole I guess it's not uncommon that we would get the comment. I'm not sure what you're talking about all the time, but I'm not sure what we're talking about all the time, so <laughs> I, I I consider him in good company. So it was cool again, you know, I was just taking my vacation. I was not sick for the uh, blood meridian thing. I just I had read the book before. I did not want to re-experience it necessarily. I I said, I I need to have a vacation sometime. Why don't you guys do some literature? But it's always fun for me, especially since I had, you know, still knew what the reading was. I still had had experience it to listen to that after the fact. We got in a similar comment. Maybe I mentioned this last time on Twitter of somebody saying, you know, who's a fan, but who's recommending us to say to somebody else, but saying, you know, you really should read the text because if you don't, I don't know how much you'll really get out of it. Mm-hmm. And I was a little distressed by that. Like, I know most of our listeners don't read the text, and yet they're still with us. So what is that guy just wrong? Is that greatly enhanced your experience if you have read the text? I would not wish some of these texts on my worst enemy.
1: Like more? <laughs> well, more.
2: Uh, I don't know. Well, how do you feel about the more?
1: I find him like... In some ways, horrific to read, just because of the level of repetition. Like the guy won't use a preposition, right? He won't. <laughs> he has to re say. He's going to say something new about what he just said. He's going to re say the whole thing that he just said, word for word, and then predicate on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like it's almost willfully—I don't want to say autistic—to insult anyone, but <laughs> just willfully hyper analytical. And but I will say. I got obsessed with these readings and spent an enormous amount of time. And I felt like reading The Proof of the External World, like I actually learned some new stuff thinking about it. So it's been a weird experience. Let's just say that with more. It's a weird love-hate relationship. And more. I
0: was feeling like, I have no idea why I'm reading this. And I also know why nobody else reads it. I mean, I didn't do philosophy in grad school or whatever. And you guys told me that Proof of the External World might have been on syllabus, but he's not a name when I, like, I know he's in the history, but I feel like my perception has always been, he's a guy who's in history, but he's in history for a reason, right? Like he was superseded in some way. So that was my attitude. And when I started reading him, I was just feeling like, God. It was feeling tedious, but I had a similar experience to Wes in that the more I read it, the more I was a combination of charmed and really felt like he was being insightful. And I began to get a feeling of, oh, so this is why Wittgenstein really took him seriously. It wasn't just because they were buddies, but that he was, he doesn't say everything that you feel like you want him to say, but the parts that he's being very, very focused on regarding realism and the way he's repeating and just like digging in on those particular issues. I think it's very powerful. Even if you're still left feeling like it's not quite right, it's not quite complete, you gotta engage it. And then the other part of it to me, he's just so curmudgeonly insistent about things that you feel like, yeah, of course, like I do this all the time. I engage with the world exactly how you're talking
1: about it. And yeah, all those philosophers, they're like, they got their heads up their asses. The other thing about Moore is, and I think we can say some of this again on the actual episode, he seems kind of dumb at first. <laughs> he seems kind of dumb at first. That's right. And then it's like, well, actually there's, he's really getting at something profound. Yep. When we studied him in grad school, that's like one of the experiences where I thought I've made a huge mistake, <laughs> made a huge, huge mistake going into philosophy. And looking a little ahead into uncertainty thinking okay well at least we need this right for Wittgenstein and Wittgenstein is going to be rewarding but then getting into it and then spending far too the other part of this experience is just like I got obsessed and (laughs) spent way too much time on this ignoring like basic errands and shit and I'm like this is I fucking hate this podcast (laughs) the number of times that's happened with something that I'm supposed to not even be interested in
2: (laughs) Bad. anyway that's it so what does this mean in terms of would we recommend especially you know these are pretty short articles now they don't go fast like they're repetitious i was able to boil down each of the four articles that i looked at for this into a couple sentences that i felt like it's going to be rewarding for us to go through them point by point But the crux seemed like something, you know, originally this wasn't even going to be a full episode. It was going to be, maybe we'll just throw in these few pages of more on top of the Wittgenstein, which will be the main course. And it became clear like, no, no, we could slow down. We could spend time. This guy is historically important enough. And what he has to say is not just stupid, (laughs) such that we can just say, this is a foil that Wittgenstein is going to respond to. So does that mean that for the average person interested in philosophy that we would actually say, hey, yeah, you know what? It's 10 pages. At least start it, at least get in there, get a flavor for how this reads. And then, you know, we'll explain it to you and that'll double your enjoyment of the
1: episode. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I mean, I think a lot of what we do on the show is not going to be understandable for people who aren't reading the stuff and it's not going to be understandable even if they read it. <laughs> so unless they get, they're going to understand part of it. That's what people say. And I think that's what we expect.
2: Or on second pass, I started saying the thing about blood meridian. Blood meridian. When you guys started part three, Wes launched in this whole thing about regression, mm-hmm. and it was clear that even you guys didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> it's true, and he had to explain it. <laughs> I and it wasn't until I like went back and listened to it a second time that I was like, oh, okay, no, I understand that, and I'm not sure why that was. I don't think that was a matter of you know you guys had read the book. And maybe it's just the nature of. Like, I was probably just not doing a good job.
0: For me, it was. It felt like a peculiar term that had a psychological f- mm-hmm. flavor to it that I was trying to understand what it meant. I'm thinking to myself, "West means something that you don't think it means. West means something else than what you think it means."
1: <laughs> yeah, and so I wasn't even because I'm so used to the psychoanalytic analytic community. Yeah, it never occurred to me that it was a technical term. Like,
2: but yeah. Mm. All right. Well, so maybe that's idiosyncratic, but so with literature in particular, like literature, there are spoilers involved. Literature, I would think it is more likely that people would want to read the stuff along. Like we're explaining the points that Moore makes. We might be confusing enough in our delivery that it's <laughs> clearer for you to have read the text first. It's
1: going to be a shit show, by the way, I think, but <laughs> with Moore, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
2: There are many texts that we do that I think are clearly presented enough in the reading that we can then give a good synopsis and then get into discussion and it's clear where's the synopsis part and what is the discussion part and you know we're going through quotes and stuff and like i feel like we could make the subtitle of the show we're reading these things so you don't have to this is the service (laughs) that we are providing but there are some texts that maybe that is worse for what do we think about literature in particular like that would be a reason for me to not want to do so much literature on the show, if it really does require, yeah, you, you really should have read the book because it's going to be, it's going to ruin it for you. You know, if you read it later, like I, I didn't feel that way with the plague, the plague is not that dramatic. <laughs> and if somebody spoils the plague for you, like they eventually get over the plague or, you know, there's just, it's, it's <laughs> it's like Shakespeare that like, there's Can no spoiling the involved in Shakespeare. I feel, well, maybe I'm the wrong person. Because I could give a rat's to ask about spoilers. Yeah, me too.
0: And the Shakespeare example would be a perfect one for me, right? I'm like, you know, the experience of the book or the
2: story is the experience of it itself. If that sounds like the kind of thing that you want to hear more about, then please go to partiallyexaminedlife.com slash support. Thanks for listening.